Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this Sunday's edition of Generally Irritable. Very excited to be here this week, uh, joined by someone who has become not just a political ally, but a friend, Miss Miss Olga, the Vermont Libertarian Party chair. Olga, I just realized I forgot to ask you. I still don't know how to pronounce your last name correctly. Uh, so I'm really embarrassed because I still just think of you as Olga Mar because that's who you are on Facebook. So um, I'm really embarrassed that I forgot to do that before we started, but I'm just calling it out right now. But we've, uh, you know, we met a while ago and found and just found that, you know, we we believe in a lot of the same principles, uh, personal responsibility, individual liberty. And, you know, you know, so all of these like, you know, these kind of conservative kind of ideals. Right. But we also both believe in charity and responsibility and community and helping one another and freedom of association and, and all of these other things. And I was super excited to, to get to watch her really start to get involved in politics and become the the chair of the libertarian party and, and, and to, and to watch that growth and to watch her just dive in with both feet to her community and, and, and taking that role of leadership and being willing to take that on and say, yes, I will help lead in this crazy time when we need people who are willing to tell the truth. Uh, number one, we need people who are willing to tell the truth. We need people who are willing to take the slings and arrows in order to tell the truth. And, and we need people who will come alongside us to, to, to carry us through. And Olga is, she is just one of those people for me. And, and I just think that she's awesome. And so I am very proud and honored to be the Libertarian Party nominee for the United States House of Representatives. And what I've discovered in the last week or so is that a lot of people have no idea what it means to be a libertarian, what the Libertarian Party is, what they stand for, what the platform is. And they go, ah, are you sure you can you can be a libertarian and have some of the beliefs that you've, you've said you've had? Oh, do you, do you really have? What if you have? Oh, my God, it's so confusing. And so I just said, you know what, Olga, we need to have a show and we need to we need to talk to people about what it is. What is a libertarian? What is the libertarian party? So without further ado, Miss Olga. Hello, Olga. Hey, Erica. Thank you. Say for your last me. name. So my whole name is Olga Maria Mardach Duclerc. It's actually a little Mardach bit longer than that, but Duclerc. that's the uh that's the legal version. So it's I goes like I thought I kept thinking it was Mardach, and I was like, it's not that, it's Mardach. Okay. Mardach. So it's the soft CH. Yes. Excellent. 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 All right. So let's see. Oh, we, we have our first comment. Libertarian is basically a liberal. Not necessarily. No, that's not. Well, actually, let me, let me correct liberal something. Ideals. So, so have, let's get this started. Where do you want to start us off? So the original definition of liberal and liberalism is basically the idea of what we would consider like our civil liberties and a lot of the foundational principles upon which our 
country was founded. So um, if you look at the Bill of Rights, like the freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, um, yes. freedom of association, freedom to congregate, freedom to protest. So these are civil, these are kind of what we consider like when we think about civil liberties, right? So those are really the ideas of classical liberalism. Mm. Um, and that came out of um, those struggles, right? In the, in the 19th, uh, no, no, going back even further, like in the, in the, in the 18th and 19th century, I mean, right? Like part of the revolution, you know, right. Our, and, our and, and the French fathers. revolution and, and all of these kind of ideas that were coming out, um, in that time right and, and but, all those yeah, philosophical the founders, ideas the founders actually talk about that the liberal constitution the liberal constitution included this idea that all men are created equal it actually included christian ideals of love your neighbor and take care of yourself you know each other and so it actually was I mean, that's really what the foundation of this country was, classical Cor liberalism. Right. And so, and obviously that with the contradictions of the time, and I think what we've seen as a country, if we look historically, is that we have moved to include all the people that weren't included at the foundation to make sure that all people are included mm. in that yeah. original intent, which was something that if you really, if we take the time to study history and to read, to read the debates that were being had, um, these were, this was, you know, the idea that like, you know, they were founding uh, fathers who owned slaves, like they had these discussions, they had these debates, they were talking about that. This is not something that they were quiet about at the time. Yes. They were actively having these discussions and actively, you know, discussing the the contradictions um, that that they're talking about this. And so all of these things were brought up. But again, like it's, it's a struggle, right, to make sure that all people are included in that. And yeah. um, we cannot look back and say that we are, um, as, as a, you know, as women, um, as myself, woman of color, um, anyone, whatever box you check off, we can't look back and say that we are worse now than what it was back then. Um, Absolutely not. Uh, in, in terms of like certain, in certain, certain things, right? Maybe in terms of yeah. other things we could say that. I we mean, are. we have too much government now. We definitely have too much government, but in For terms sure. of, but in terms of social, uh, acceptance, you know, even just the ability time. to speak, our I, ability really, to speak, our ability to move, to do certain things, to go out and make money the way we want to make money. Yes. Um, I mean, and again, what available. limits us, what limits us isn't the ideas and the prejudices of people. What limits us actually is government. So like, and that's kind of what the libertarian party has been about since yeah. 1971 when it was founded um is to and and the libertarian party was founded as a direct reaction and protest to the u.s dollar getting taken off the gold standard oh um i did that not know was that the, yeah that was the breaking point where where um you know freedom and liberty oriented people in in both parties or or not even necessarily affiliated were like wait a minute we cannot be okay with this because they had an understanding of economics and they knew exactly what was going to end up happening and we're we're in it like we're we've yeah. been seeing it so yep. in a sense the comment was correct 
but not, you know, so it depends, I'm not sure how the author of that comment meant it, but in a sense, yes, classical liberalism does fall under what we would define as libertarianism. There are certainly libertarians who identify themselves as classical liberals, which means they believe in limited government mm. and, 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 and the ideas of those founding principles of life, liberty, private property, and the pursuit yep. of happiness. Yep, exactly. Um, and, and then well, you know, and, he, and there's a spectrum of libertarianism. So you have libertarians who are more classically liberal, who 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 want small government and believe there's a role of small government. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have people who are consider themselves libertarian, and they would consider themselves more as anarchists or more correctly anarcho-capitalists. So, but so they just believe in an absolute free market where there is no government, mm. but that so, the free market and pr the private. Um, the private sector provides all of the services. So there's a, there's a range of ideas a real within. Range. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, he followed up with a comment that said there have been way too many per perversions of the liberal policies. And, and I totally agree with that. Like what, what liberal used to mean is not what it means now. Now it means, Socialist. you know, it exactly, I, you know, that's, it really is just, well, you know, everyone is responsible for everyone else and we're going to relieve you of all of the consequences of your of your decisions and make everyone else responsible for them. You know, and it just, it's not it voluntary. Just, right. And, so, and that's the key point, because yeah. so I would I look at myself and I consider myself like a, a, a voluntary, a voluntarist libertarian. Like I yeah. believe so strongly in the concept that every exchange, every interaction, it just needs to be voluntary. be voluntary. Why? Because I own myself. I'm not a slave and I don't want to be a slave. I don't want to be a slave to any other person. Um, and so there's this idea sometimes that people have about libertarians that it's just because we believe in individual rights, that that means that we're individualistic and that we don't want to Care. cooperate mm -hmm. or believe, or that we, we don't believe in community. It's quite the opposite. We believe in taking full responsibility of cooperation and community, but but we believe the foundation is voluntary. So we yeah. want to be act. So we are very active when it comes to um, donations and and finding solutions, finding solutions outside of government to help people. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of you know different organizations and groups that are libertarian based because the idea is we want to show and live by our principles that we can. Um, solve a lot of these problems and a lot of the the you know where people are like you know what government helps people um forcing you know forcing help by stealing other people's you know money through taxes um yeah. or through fees or through things like that uh, and you're not really helping people you're creating and you're feeding a bureaucracy yeah. isn't solving our problem it's making it much more it's making it yeah. much worse we can we can see that historically if you look at let's say just from 1970 to 2022 yeah the ideas of um um of uh what's it called the the great what was the lbj's the great society oh yeah Right, oh, this yeah. idea that well like that government works. was going to step in and help yep. everyone and have you know creation of a welfare state um what it's done is really the opposite i mean and it's worked hand in hand with very toxic criminal justice justice practices um yes. and it, the, the people that it has hurt and marginalized the, the most are the poorest people people of color all the folks that 
progressives and modern day, we'll say liberals um, supposedly care about, but their policies actually are hurting them. Yeah. Um, so speaking of policies, I think it would be great for us to look at libertarian policy positions in comparison to Republican and Democrat. Um, hold on one second. Um, okay, so let's see. We're going to share the screen here. Dana, dana, dana. Okay, excellent. So this, I first of all, I the first thing. This is the first thing that you see when you go to the Vermont, uh, the Libertarian Party of Vermont website, and the, it's lpvt.org. So LP as in Libertarian Party, VT as in Vermont.org. And I love that this very first thing that you see is run for office, first of all. Like, let's get people involved, okay? Let's recruit. I like it. But then also this really good graphic that sort of explains the differences between uh, or why libertarian, why the Libertarian Party is different. So let's start with this first one. Government should just defend our rights, let individuals pursue their own interests, so if, if you know about the Constitution, it says that we form a government to protect our rights, not to not to divvy up our rights, not to dole out privileges here and there, but to protect our, to protect our constitutional rights from each other and foreign entities. Right. Like that's the baseline. Would you, does that sound about right? Would you agree with that? I would say that is the idea of the founding. Yes. Okay. They, I and mean, and, and, and even more important than that, the reason why, and, and I've really come to appreciate this because I came from the extreme left. I was a Marxist, mm. identified as a socialist. Um, and there's a lot of revision of history, but when you look back, the reason why this is, um, really amazing it's because it's the first this is an experiment because everything you had before then was either small warring clans um you know around mm. like a, a central figure um or what we would call monarchy and so this yeah. is you know this is a complete move of saying no people have you know god-given rights or just rights by being born yeah. you know human rights to govern yourself and we have to limit government because the fear was that if they didn't do that, it would easily become a monarchy. So. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Well, and, you and know we're what? seeing some things that are not looking so good it for sort us. Of feels like that. Well, and this is what, you know, this is, I say it all the time that the fact that the president gets to do these executive orders where he can just, you know, write a law basically with his pen and then and have appropriations go towards it. That is that is against that is unconstitutional. Every exe every executive order is unconstitutional. And the fact that they're able to do this to the extent and at the volume they're able to is really disturbing and shocking to me. Very, very shocking. And the um, thing is, it, it, this is a critique regardless of political party. Yes. And that's like the beauty of being a libertarian. It's like, 
we are critical of both Democrats Everybody. and the Republicans. <laughs> it's you know, some people are like you're more critical. I was like, that's today. Let's see what mood I'm in, you know, tomorrow because it, it's if it, you know, at the end of the day, unfortunately, both parties, this duopoly that we're in, have gone in direct in the direction of being okay with bigger government. Yes. Dave Smith, who's you know, uh, uh funny comedian and he's libertarian he's a, and a, he's a commentator and he's brilliant he says um the the republicans have become progressives driving the speed limit and i say that all the time because unfortunately for a lot of these policies it's become true it's a lot of the things that um you know the extreme left and the progressives and the democratic party they're pushing it's like yep. well seven you know seven or eight years from now the gop will kind of be like a lot of them will be like we're okay with that or if you well, look back the, in time yeah, this is they they're spending they're 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 contributing to this they're signing off and passing some of these outrageous spending packages donald trump signed the biggest budget in american history and like it it is not one-sided it is the right. it is the corruption so deep in our government that they just, they're paying off all of their donors. They're paying off all the special interest groups. They don't care about you and I. They're, and there's they're not... very, yeah. I was Go just going to say, and there's very few voices who are willing to speak up in either party because there are people in both parties who, who do speak up against that and other policies. But yep. I mean, they're completely overshadowed by the leadership in their parties Absolutely. and just completely ignored by the mainstream media. So Bruce says, what are your thoughts uh, on what's going on with, with Burlington releasing people for violent offenses? Yeah, I'm not into that. I don't think libertarians are into that either. I know that you guys, that, that us guys, what am I talking about? That libertarians tend to be uh, less willing to put people in jail, but I think that we all agree that violent people should go to jail. So, yeah. So the line is, um, the, uh, what, what, what are crimes that are uh, where there's no victim. So victimless mm. crimes. So if you have, um, you know, drugs that are for your personal use, Okay, maybe not the best life choice, but if that's what you're doing and it's to yourself, you're kind of like, in a way, it's a victimless crime. Mm. If you're going out and you're hurting people, that's something really different. Yeah. One of the foundational um, ideas and principles of libertarianism is the non-aggression principle. So it's a hard line for us where we really believe that no one, no individual, no group of people, and no government has the right to hurt someone or threaten to mm. hurt someone to impose anything so for yep. so for like one-to-one -one where we're seeing like these types of crimes where you know it's assault and battery and and, and or or crimes that involve um you know stealing someone's property or or whatever i mean that's those are violations right like there's lines that are being crossed and so of course yeah. not right because that person has hurt someone um and you know, one of the ideas is in terms of restitution and criminal justice, in terms of making that person actually responsible for paying for the damages that they've caused yes. on other people. Like that's one of the policy differences yeah. um, that libertarians have when it comes to criminal justice. Well, and that was what I was, you know, I was looking at this, um, you know, agree personal fee freedom with the left. I was like, do they believe in personal freedom? I don't think they do anymore. I think they used to. I think that chart's dated. 
it used to be, <laughs> this is what's weird. I mean, I was a leftist, right? And right. I was a leftist because I was very, I continue to feel very strongly I'm anti-war. Um, um, I was always anti-authoritarian and I didn't realize the contradiction of that and Marxism because it's a great, it's a great marketing. It's a great marketing that they have. Yes. Um, but I think there was this idea, um, you know, during the Vietnam era of look of understanding that classical liberalism, um, and, and that became, you know, the left was, were the champions of classical liberalism at that time. Whereas the right, if we're going to look at it at, in those duopolis terms, we're mm. more looking at kind of the economic policies. So it wasn't necessarily that they were butting heads. But right now, what we're looking at is um, the left and the right to a degree, but much more the left have really gone so far in terms of authoritarianism. And that's the opposite direction of individual rights because it's yeah. this idea of group identities needing to be um, more mm. important. Like, so some groups have to be more important now than other groups and it's, it's complete opposite mm. of, of, of where yeah. actual freedom and, and, and autonomy and, and all of those good things come from. I think that's really interesting. Well, and that speaks to stop nation building and, and being the policeman of the world, peace through trade and diplomacy. Um, you know, I feel like both parties, both, both the major parties are, are pretty pro-war, pretty pro-military uh, industrial complex. Now, anybody mm -hmm. that knows me knows that I support our military. I support our troops. Uh, my, uh, both my uncles, my, my dad, my grandfather, both my husband's parents were in the army, everybody, military family. We need a strong army. We need, we need a strong military to defend us. However, you know, maybe we can admit that the stuff that we did in South America in the, in the eighties was wrong. Is it okay for us to admit that? Can we, can we say that, um, when we helped Afghans fight Russia back in back in the day they then used those weapons against us later can we can we admit that we've done a bad maybe sometimes we've done a bad job picking allies the continued intervention because it reflects you know th these types of policies and then tied into it is an industry that is directly profiting from it I mean and then the the role of our media in either propping up, you know, one particular narrative or completely ignoring atrocities like what's been happening in Yemen for the past seven or eight years, which is basically, you know, we are helping the Saudis essentially commit genocide against the Yemenis people. And we should be, and, and the only reason they're able to do it is because of the assistance of the U.S. and our tax dollars that are being used. And this is happening throughout the world like but we don't hear about it and if no. people are interested in learning more about this please go to antiwar.com please follow scott horton um go to the libertarian institute there's so much information on foreign policy and and what's being done um in our name but you know there's a huge you know the, we throw around the term industrial you know military industrial complex prison industrial complex but 
when you really start look what is industrial complex and there's so many there i would say there's an educational one that has you know these companies the unions it's um, a monopoly i would say there's a green you tech. little yeah little transparency little accountability little integrity like th where we have no control anymore as american people and and even more um to be concerned with is the inter is the intermeshing of these corporations at through lobbying um and through special relationships with the government yeah. um that marriage of corporations and our government is a corp corp corpocracy gosh i can't say the word corporacy corpocracy corporatism <laughs> which is neo-fascism it's so dangerous it's so yeah. dangerous well, and that's corporatism, what, you know, guys. I couldn't say the word. It's cryptocracy. It's all the bad things. <laughs> well, it's so funny. You know, there used to be people on the left who agreed with that. Like back in the day, Bernie Sanders used to, he didn't just claim, oh, they don't pay enough in taxes. He was talking about corporate bailouts. He was talking about uh, corporate subsidies, uh, all of the special interest loopholes that were put into law to benefit donors and, and all this stuff. And we used to be able, like he used to even be against that stuff. And so there but, used to be places where the right and left could agree on corruption and greed, and it doesn't seem like it's there anymore. The anti-war left, you know, is gone. They mm. haven't been around since, I don't know, 2012, yeah. Like they were, you know, I mean, I was like after Obama was bombing people, right? and around that people time. and that was cool again. And and that was around the time that I really started to question um my ideas as someone mm. who identified so heavily with the left because I thought to myself, why is everyone so quiet with, you know, he's ex you know, Obama expanded the war theater. Um, yep. you know, all the things that he said he wasn't going to do, he was doing and there was silence and i remember i used to you know question people and they were like well it's not really like that and it's like it's literally happening but there was just this fear that the first black president could not be critiqued could, in such could a way not criticize him at and that all. was kind of really the start of um the the that just that deep infiltration of the identity politics into everything oh, yes Exactly. If you, I mean, it was always there, but it, it really person, came to the you forefront. You can't criticize a gay person. You can't criticize. And it's like, I'm pretty sure everybody is open for criticism. I don't know why all of a sudden we have protected classes who can just do nonsense and we're not allowed to say something about it. I'm pretty well, at sure. The end of the, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, at the end of the day, if the idea is that, you know, the United States is this imperialist nation, it doesn't matter who the face is of that imperialist mm. nation. If your critique is that imperialism and war and, and you know, uh, and, um, you know, uh, uh, corporations taking advantage of people, like, why doesn't change? Like, why yeah. did that, you know, it stopped. But it really, there's really a huge void. And I think around also that time, 2008 and 2012, we had this amazing human being, Dr. Ron Paul, who ran for office. And he was the one, and he had been, um, I believe he was a 
congressman for Texas or a senator, yeah. I could, but he was talking about these things. And so when he ran for president in 2008 and 2009, a lot of people who were kind of on the left or who were just kind of coming up who were anti-war and who were, you know, concerned about the, the economy and corporations and all these things under the Obama administration were listening to what Ron Paul was saying. And they're yep. like, what? I remember one time I heard him at one of the debates and I was still not, um, you know, I was still like very much like thinking of myself, like, no, I'm still in the left. Like I'm not as hardcore, but I'm still like a lefty. And I didn't disagree with anything he said, but I was that's, like, well, he just, he must be a crazy person. Like that's what, what uh, Benjamin just said, Ron Paul woke me up one debate he smashed on everyone casually <laughs> and they were all laughing at him and all these years later in 2022 every single thing that he has said has come to pass and he's not because he's a wizard um, and he awakened, he, has no, he awakened so many people to the idea mm -hmm. of self-governance and, and personal right. responsibility that the government isn't supposed to actually do all this stuff. I mean, he really, he really sparked a movement. And it's, it's the Ron Paul revolution, right? So just the idea of liberty, this wonderful yes. idea of what that means. And the Ron Paul revolution is finally back in the libertarian party. That's what Amen. the Mises caucus is about. And, um, yeah, it's, it's liberty is, you know, an idea whose time has come. Um, and you know, one of the things that we say in the libertarian party is we want liberty in our lifetime. We don't want yep. this weird utopia that we're like, well, maybe 50 years from now. It's like liberty isn't a utopia. <laughs> oh my God. It's so true. I think the, the misguided notion that we can somehow create enough government programs and laws that like nobody's going to be a butthole anymore and everybody's just going to like magically be struck sober and like not hurt themselves. And, you know, it you get just Venezuela. Is, yeah. I mean, it, it is absolute poppycock. It really right. is. And as much as we might like it all to be true, only you, the viewer, you out there, you, Joe, John, Benjamin, Brian, all like you guys can make it closer to a utopia by participating in your own self-governance, helping the community, charity, right? But the, like, stop thinking the government can somehow do it. I don't get it. I don't like, well, the no where does this notion left, come from? Because the left has been really wonderful at marketing and they figured mm. out how to market the idea the idea which is essentially centralized government authoritarianism but those are mm. scary words right so they yeah. don't use those words they use you know social justice equity that's my favorite one oh um, good golly miss molly well because when, when we were growing up right well, I was born in the 70s. I might be a little older than you. I was born in the 70s. So I was literally Same. that, you know, first generation right after the civil rights movement, right? When we were growing up, it was just like this kind of, it was still fresh. This idea, yes. I mean, I was born, you know, in 1974. So only 10 years after, you know, a lot of these things had passed and only, you know, a few years after Martin Luther King was assassinated. So there was, all of these ideas were very like potent and fresh yes. when I was a very little child. 
And it was just like an idea, so much hope and how it was, and, and the idea was equality and struggling for equality and opportunity. Um, and, and, and even, and at that time, I mean, I grew up in New York City, like there was a lot of racism. There was a lot of, you know, a lot of crime and things like this, but there was still this idea that you could make it. And then if you, you know, if you worked hard, like that you could, and if the opportunity was, was being blocked from you, you now had a legal means to do something. And there were organizations that would help you legally to, to yes. get what you, you know, were supposed to be equal under the law, equality. And that the left has done this really great job of, they don't say equality anymore. No, they they're not equity. interested in, because in, they equal under the law is not what they want. They, they want certain want groups of people to have privilege. Special and other privileges. Groups of, right. And other yep. groups of people not to. Yep. So that's equity what, is that's essentially so socialism and communism, in my opinion. Yes, it is. Because we're they all, think that equally deserves yes, ruled that, over. Exactly. And it's like, you got you don't understand. We're equal in value as human beings, and we are equal under the law. That does not mean that we are equal. We're not the same. We, we are right. not the same. Exactly. That Exactly. So equal under the law, equal, but not the same. And so, but the, the more freedom that people have, the less restrictions and the less government is in the way, the more options people have to figure out how to have the best life and opportunities given the circumstances and gifts and talents that they have. I think that that's what everybody wants. Um, I, let's see, we've got, uh, Brian says, um, if it makes sense to support our troops, we should, but foreign wars, uh, but our military shouldn't be, de should be defending our land, not corporate interests. I a hundred percent agree with that. Robbie says my introduction to libertarians occurred when I started, when I searched for a political party that opposed the military intervention in Iraq during W's presidency. I think that is like, people are, people saw something in that that was wrong. There was something really wrong in that. And you know, I think we often have these, we have these things happen in our country and in our history that collectively the people that I speak to, my neighbors go, this is wrong and this is not okay. But our government does some wild nonsense. You know, I think that's why media, I'm for term limits. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. At least we as need a to, start these people like to have people so entrenched and ingrained that they're able to just manipulate the things that happen and sort of just keep basically voting for us to go to war and to fight for things that don't really further our values, don't defend our constitutional rights and don't make the world better. Right. If, if, and if anything, they make it more dangerous they put the lives of American soldiers at risk. And not only American soldiers, there's a lot of civilians that, and, and a lot, there's all types of folks that go along into the war theater to support that. So yep. we're putting those lives at risk. Um, and, you know, I think that, and by the way, uh, the Libertarian Party has a Veterans Caucus, uh, which is oh. growing. There's actually a lot of young veterans who um, are now, you know, members of the Libertarian Party who are Excellent. very vocal about their experience um, and really um, bringing 
a completely different perspective in our foreign policy, which is so cool. important to understand from from their perspective, you know, how negative this foreign policy has been and, and, and really what they have seen um, on their end. Like, you know, we think of veterans and we think of um, the horrific experiences that they that they have as individuals, as individual soldiers in that, but there's so much more that they are able to enlighten in terms of actual policies and, and what they see. And I keep saying the media because really we don't have journalism and reporters anymore. We have talking heads for the regime. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter at this point what party the regime is, you know, what channels you prefer to watch, like you'll hear one version or another version, but yeah. It's still it's still a version of what you know, and there's so much more that's happening. So it's so important to find those independent journalists and reporters and people who are actually able to get more information that that the media just completely oh my gosh um, suppresses. Well, speaking of suppressing, because people want to say weird nonsense about what libertarianism is, I got I had some people bless their hearts. They were like, Erica, you can't run with a party like this. And it basically was socialism. It was totally like I read it and I was like, um, yeah, libertarians are not for like mandates. Um, yeah. and of anything and, and, really uh, of any kind really <laughs> from the government. So whatever <laughs> this is, this is how libertarianism is. But at the same time, you know, it is one of those things where people can identify however they want to. Mm -hmm. And, um, and they might identify with some of the, the, like you were saying earlier, it's like anarcho-capitalists to like, all, you know, this wide range. And so just, you know, this is for anybody who is all, for any of my Republican supporters who are, who are confused or concerned, go to the Libertarian Party website, read it, check it out. You'll see, we really do agree on a lot of stuff. And most of the people I mean, there's a few things we disagree on, but this is, we agree. And I think, you know, we're, we're, we're really the party that's a big tent because I think whether you are more on the left when it comes to yeah. like social issues, um, which is what we tend to identify when we think of left yes. nowadays, yes. Um, or if you're on the right, when it comes to social issues or, you know, um, where we agree, where we can find common ground is that does the government have a role in that? Can we all can we all agree that if you um, if you are gay and you want to be married, um, yeah, that's great. I don't think the government should have a role in that, and I don't think if if I were of the persuasion that that um, wasn't something that I agree with, that I would want to use the government to impose my morality on you. No, um, and that's so, the thing. And you and the, uh, yes. No, I just like most of the Christians that I know, people, religious people that I talk to, that's what, you know, they, a lot of them are like me, you know, they're people of faith, but they don't want to live in a theocracy because if they did, then every time the president changed or the administration changed, we would then be ruled over by that version of, of religion. And so I think that like, I don't want that. I don't want to have other people's will imposed upon me. And that's what living in a theocracy is. So, you know, most Christians say, I just want to be left alone, just like everybody else. Just 
leave me alone to do my job, to take care of my family, to take care of my community, stop taking so much money out of my taxes. And oh, by the way, you know, maybe lock up the violent criminals, please. Thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people share those values. And I, and honestly, I think what happens most is that um, media, there's a lot of narratives that are created so that there's more division. And so, you know, we think, okay, this party represent, you know, these values and this party represents these values. When you sit down and have a conversation who doesn't necessarily share, you know, your, your, your social values or certain philosophical values, you really do find that you have so much more in common. Um, so all that we're saying is that we want everyone to be able to live the life that they choose yep. to live. Number yes. one, I don't want to use government, um, to force you to do anything different as long as you're not hurting anyone. Right. Um, that's, that's really kind of, as long as you're not that's hurting anyone or forcing anyone to pay for it, we're good. We're, we're all good. And, and I think, um, it's so simple don't hurt people, don't steal their stuff. Like it's a very simple concept <laughs> that we're after. Like you could really shave it down. Things should be voluntary. The non-aggression principle, right? There shouldn't I've, be violence enacted yeah. on any I mean, level. I mean, you see the golden rule in that too, right? Like, yeah, exactly. And, and people could congregate themselves. So if you were wanted to live in a community that was more conservative, um, yeah. yeah, fantastic. Like go on and do that. That's great. And people have yeah. done that historically and that's where people are comfortable and people who want to be, um, who are less conservative, who are more mm -hmm. liberal in that sense, like, absolutely. Like go, you know, go create those communities and, and, and there should be peace, right? Like there's yes. no reason why there isn't peaceful because we're not just, we're not trying to lord over one another. We're not yes. trying to force people to share our views. And so I think, you know, that's the beauty of being a libertarian is that, you know, even, you know, um, um, even issues that are as divisive as, let's say, abortion, there are pro-life libertarians and there are pro-choice libertarians. And it, yep. it, so for some people, it blows their mind. There's a pro-life caucus and there's yep. a pro-choice caucus. And we're able to kind of get together and have great conversations because we understand that fundamentally where we have common ground is we don't want the government involved in, in dictating things either way. We want to be yes. able to have the freedom to figure out solutions and create opportunities and create um um, and create choices for people that respect, you know, my perspective or the other person's perspective. Yes. Um, yes. We don't want violence used to enforce one way or the other. And we don't want to have to pay for it one way or the other either. Like, right. let's find solutions in the free market and in the private sector that honor both people. Yes. So let's, um, I love this comment. We are currently in a theocracy. The woke religion has taken over the state and pushed their morality and values on everyone. That is so true. That is so true. Okay, we've got another we've got another question when we come back from this short break and advertisement for our sponsor. All right. Oh wait, where did it go? Hold on, wait. Wait, wait. Okay, wait, there it is. This okay. episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know about you, but I've definitely struggled with some emotional stuff the last couple of years. I need someone to talk to that's not just my husband or friends or family. I need somebody who's experienced and, and licensed and trained to listen and help me work through the the fear and the anger and the frustration that I've been feeling over the last couple years with these lockdowns. So you too can go to BetterHelp 
and schedule an appointment with one of their 20,000 licensed therapists. So you just, you go on, you fill out a questionnaire, within 48 hours, they've paired you with someone who has experience in the field that you specifically are wanting help with. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus unlimited messaging. And all of this is secure and confidential. Join the over 2 million people who have already taken charge of their mental health. We've got a special offer for our viewers, 10% off your first month of services when you use the special code generally irritable. So you want to go to betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com slash generally irritable and start saving today. Thank you again, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode. Excellent. We talk all the time about needing mental health services and and so much of what we're dealing with, with the public safety and, and security is about people not having access to mental health services. Uh, now we have that. Now we, you know, the one, the one blessing, I guess, of COVID is that we can do telemedicine and things like that now where we couldn't before. So go get help. Go get help. Okay. Funny so, how, like with government shutdowns, people, you know, the free market found a way to try to find solutions. Amen. Um, the Amen. other religion is the 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 COVID religion that oh my God. it's funny it got turned on its head. The CDC recently just completely reversed all of their policies and showed that two and a half year, years later, all of us who were saying that um, the masking was you know overdone, the mandates were not necessarily necessary, um, the vaccine yep. you know wasn't now they're now they're saying there's no difference between a vaccinated or an unvaccinated person. Yep. Yep. Vindic vindication. In a way, uh, but like, yeah, look at what's been lost and, you know, we can't oh, forget. Yeah. No. And I think we need forget. COVID truth commissions. Ooh. Mm. Ooh, let's, okay. So put, okay. So hang on to that for just a second. Okay. So uh, fish and chimps says, what are both your opinions on the convention of states? I personally am a big supporter of Convention of States. I actually volunteered for them for, I have volunteered for them for years. I'm a very strong supporter. Uh, go to conventionofstates.com, sign the petition. Uh, for, for those viewers who don't know what we're talking about, Convention of States is calling for an Article 5 convention to call the states together to amend the Constitution. And the three topics, the only three topics that would be allowed to be discussed in this convention would be adding term limits, uh, balancing the budget, essentially, basically uh, finances, making sure that no more debt spending, as an example, and then restoring or reducing the size and scope of the federal government. So basically restoring states' rights where the federal government has encroached upon it. I'm a huge fan. I think everybody should go to conventionofstates.com and sign the petition right now, right now. We are, I think we are like two thirds of the way there to getting the number of states needed to call a convention. Go to conventionofstates.com now and sign the petition. I don't know what, are you familiar with convention of states, Olga? I've heard of it. Um, I haven't looked too much into it, but anything that reduces the size of the federal government and, and puts more and decentralizes as much as possible. So if that means we're greatly reducing the size of the federal government, um, which is completely out of control. And we should roll back 
all the way to like the progressive era. And when I say the progressive era, I don't mean 2012. I mean, you know, like 1912. Like, I, know, I, was like, like, I was like, wait, when was Teddy Roosevelt elected? And he was a Republican. He was But the progressive era was about biggering the government, right? Correct. So yes, and, and corporations and the introduction of, you know, federal income tax and all these interesting things that's that were happening, right? Absolutely. This is why when people say what kind of they would ask me, what kind of Republican are you? And I'd be like, I'm a Calvin Coolidge. I'm a Calvin Coolidge politician. If you want to know how I'll govern, I'll govern like silent cow. I will vote no on every budget and every appropriation that is outrageous and ridiculous. I will, um, uh, you know, my some of my big things are uh, for first year single issue bills. So no more, uh, no more of these ten thousand page spending packages that nobody's responsible for or actually reads. Term limits and a balanced budget. That's what I'm going to go for. Sounds crazy. You know, the other thing is that for people who are so accustomed to the idea that government is there to solve your problems, this is, it sounds incredibly radical and threatening, um, but in reality, it's empowering because yeah. the only person, the only people that are, you know, that should be in charge of your life and that should be at the forefront of figuring out um, you know, how to, how to maneuver certain situations is you. And the yeah. only way that you're going to be able to do that is, is if we have a freer market. And so people mm. are always saying capitalism is the problem and, you know, capitalism is what's yeah. wrong. Like, we don't what? have capitalism, sweethearts. Sweethearts, we don't have capitalism. Capitalism simply means a free market. We haven't had that in our lifetime. We haven't had that in a very long time. What all we the taxes have, and regulations demonstrate, we do we not have, have a free market. And we have an unimaginable amount of government regulations and laws and fees and taxes and things that restrict a free market and if and and so i have always had a hard time like what's the free market and then i realized well when i go to a farmer's market and i'm able to walk around and talk with vendors directly and negotiate price ask them about their products and there's no middle person there's no one saying, well, that's not regulated milk. You can't buy that. Or we, we haven't inspected those chickens. You can't buy that. I am an adult. <laughs> so I'm able to make that decision and, and ask the questions. Um, I'm responsible for being an educated consumer and saying, oh, how do you raise those chickens? And, and you know, and, and to the things that are to my, to my interest. To me, that's the best example of a free market. Everyone loves going to a free, to, to, the, to the farmer's market. Why? Because it's, you know, essentially there's some places that have regulations, but for the most part, it's because it's a free market and you get to experience a free market. Um, can I do a plug now that I'm talking yeah. about free markets? Yeah. So if people are really interested in experiencing a free market, please come to the Freedom and Unity Festival of Vermont. It is happening on Saturday, September 24th. 
in East Hardwick, you can go to fufest.com wow. and you can get more information <laughs> and tickets and come and experience what a free market is like. This is a family-friendly libertarian festival. All are welcome. You don't have to be libertarian what's, or liberty-leaning. Just come and have some fun. There's going to be music. Do you have a website for it? I yeah. think I see the Facebook event. fufest.com. Oh, wait. Okay, so wait. It's not this thing that says freedom and unity festival yeah if you go to the if you just type in uh, fufest.com on the website it'll pop right why up it, why is my computer why am i getting weird okay here we go i'm gonna put it in the chat oh benjamin you beat me to it he put it in the chat awesome. already okay thank you here benjamin. We dun, 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 yeah dun, we're gonna have dun, mighty dun. mystic reggae there's gonna be a camp there's gonna be artisanal food and vendors and people selling raw milk and cheese and all types Ooh. of cool stuff and there's a canifest component Ooh. so it's going to be a lot of fun there's going to be talks on homeschooling and homesteading and all that good stuff oh pretty pictures yes yeah, so you can go right am to i the going website. to this i'm going you to this, better right? yeah you can say, and then people can come and they can meet people like erica who are running for office and we can have our like other booth at this yeah is that yes, a thing you can. people can do? Shut up. Yeah. Wait, We're still, so if people are interested okay. in being vendors, if you're interested in volunteering, like just go to the Put page, fufest.com. Yeah. And send some info. Oh, look, there's email and everything here. Yeah. Holler at them. See what's up. Don't hurt people. Don't steal their stuff. Violence will not. This is great. Yeah. I love this. This is like, it's so easy. Just don't be a and butthole. It's it's so simple. Last year, um, I helped organize the event. It was uh, we were calling it Canifest, so it's still a component of this year. But I thought Freedom and Unity Fest because there used to be a Vermont Freedom and Unity Festival, and it was a wonderful liberties-based festival. And I reached out to those folks, and they they were like, "We would love you to continue this." Um, and I've been wanting to have a festival in Vermont for a long time, so it was such a wonderful vibe last year when we did it. It it was cool. just you know peaceful and positive and and that's just you know that's what liberty is about it's about being yeah. peaceful and positive and you know that that usually the, the good tends to really come out and i think that we're just in a time where we have so many busybodies that want to become politicians and you know mm. a lot of little authoritarians that feel like mm -hmm. you know it's their their responsibility to do something and and they get a little taste of power and it's like well we got to solve this problem and we have to solve yes. this problem and it's just like doing it from the golden dome you know from committees and really that robs people from being able to be grassroots and solving yes. problems for themselves for their communities well and that's so, what this 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 one right that brings me back to this libertarian position champion of civil liberties and protector of personal privacy you know and then when you look over and you go yeah we agree that we should give generously um, you know, these guys want separation of church and state, but they're happy to take money out of your pocket and give it to some bureaucrats for charities, right? Like, you know, this idea that this idea of having civil liberties and, and having bodily autonomy and all of these things, like the it goes too far when it, when we now are having conversations about, well, like, but I expect you to pay for it and I expect you to, to make it so right. 
Like that's the big riff here. It's not that we well, because you take away someone's freedom. It's like you're free to do what you want with your life and your body, but then you want to control how other people um, see their life or that, you know, like it, it, yes. it gets really weird when you step over the line into authoritarianism, which is what happens when you start going into this progressive mindset. Um, yeah. And people don't see it this way, but what happens is, you know, you become entitled the idea that everyone else now has to pay for X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Um, rather we than call everything a right. Everything is a right now. Right. <laughs> Left. Correct. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, and again, it, a part of it is just that the, the power of language and, and there's a, a, a trickery to it, right? It's like with, like with the word equity and yes. like saying um, healthcare is a right. Yep. Well, what does that mean? Um, it means that you're going to force someone to either pay or to, to treat you, whether you're going to compensate or not. Um, but the other side to that is not only that one side, you're also, if people think they're going to have a choice under any form of socialized medicine, mm. you just have something else coming. Yeah. So I always find it interesting when, with, you know, very few, but there are some of those individuals who are, you know, of the medical freedom health choice, um, who still have this affinity with socialized medicine. And it's like, it's not, it doesn't work. Socialized medicine, there's no choice. Um, you're not going to choose. And if you are, if you're not, if you don't believe that, look at any other place where they've had socialized medicine, um, yes. any form of it. Right now, everyone loves Canada. Canada just, you know, the, the, the government just released this report where people are have to wait um, over a year to see a specialist. Wow. A variety, you know, like any specialist. Um, and that's Canada is, so, is as developed like, a, like if a you're socialist having de democratic country. Or, yeah, dude. So that's crazy. you know, over a year to see a cardiologist, over a year. And one of the horrible things about the lockdowns, um, especially living in Vermont, I'm a healthcare provider, I'm an acupuncture mm. physician, and I'm an herbalist. Yep. And one of the horrible things that I saw so many, because I, you know, I'm near the border. So I saw a lot of patients that would just, you know, come over from Montreal or come down from Quebec and um, yeah. wasn't able to see them. But, you know, st still in all this time, it's incredibly restrictive there. And the amount of, um, well, I mean, I don't want to get into all the stuff in Canada, but, you know, I again, I came from the left. So I'm thinking, Oh, Canada, everything must be awesome. And you know, I would hear these stories of people like, no, I have to cross over into the United States or I come into yes. Vermont or into New York state because and pay if, cash if I, stuff. and pay cash, because if I don't, I, I won't be able to see a cardiologist or I won't get certain type of cancer treatment that I need now, as opposed to waiting two years from now, I'll be dead. Yeah. Um, and it, and it was just, it's really an eye opener now the the crime is like they haven't been able to do it they've been so restrictive um yep. and that includes a lot of preventative care so people would you know cross over to see someone like me for preventative care um you know nu nutrition herbs acupuncture uh, even people coming over for physical therapy um because they wouldn't be able to access that um in canada or they would just have to wait a really long time or they don't have um, enough of these of, of those practitioners because so many of them eventually end up leaving and going yep. coming into the states or going somewhere else. Yep. Well, and Benjamin said, 
as long as there's so much money and power focused in a few positions instead of disseminated amongst the majority of the people, there will always be authoritarians and tyrants that seek that power and will do whatever to get it. I mean, that is, it's so true. Like that is part of the prop problem with a centralized government, with the federal government. And that's what the, the founders knew was going to be a problem at some point. And so to bring it back to Fish and Chimp's point is that's why they put Article 5, the Convention of States, into the Constitution, because they know that large government bureaucracies have a tendency to get big and bloated and grow and grow and grow, not shrink. So they gave us a, a relief valve. And I think that's so important. Um, I just looked up. It's interesting. Um, you know, I have this old dictionary. I have this really super old dictionary back from the 30s uh, or 40s, I think. And because I, I wanted a dictionary that was old when definitions to words still meant what definitions to words meant. And so uh, this was a gift from a friend of mine. And under noun, under the word right, it says, because and this is what it means in the United States of America. When you call someone a right, this is, is what it means. That to which one has a just claim, any power or privilege vested in a person by the law, custom, etc. So this, like, people need to understand that, that rights are supposed to be defended at the end of a gun. And so do you think that housing and healthcare and all of the things that you say, do you believe that you should use a gun to force people to provide that for you? Well, don't ask that because a lot of people now with this mindset will say yes. Um, the problem is, is what happens when, so let's go, let's go through it because it's been done. What happens when you get that? You know, you get injustice, you get inequality. Um, yep. You know, you because, you know, socialism or democratic socialism, fascism, communism, whatever flavor of authoritarianism you want to throw, and that's what it is. And I know some people are not are not going to like that, but it is because it's centralizing control into a small group of people. Yes. We may not call them a monarchy. We may call them a politburo. We may call them a, a committee, um, you know, a, a, you know, they may have a, a different manifestation, yeah. but um, you're always in that type of system where you're centralizing power and authority yeah. and decision making and the redistribution of wealth. What you're going to end up having, you're always going to have tyrants. You're going to have a small yes. group of people that are going to decide who gets what and how much. And which the, the only equality that's going to come is everyone's going to end up being equally hungry, equally poor, equally impoverished, equally sick. Look yep. at what's happening in Venezuela. Look what's happening in, in so well, many of these countries yep. that they and go through this. Look at what's happening in Cuba. It's criminal. And I said, I tell people all the time, I see the, I have these clients that make huge six figure salaries and they don't give a dime to charity. And I'm like, you're the problem. You're, you don't do anything to help your community. You don't, you don't even, you can't even be bothered to donate some of your money. But it's the same, but honestly, and, and listen, if, if that's what you're choosing to do or not to do with your money, okay. But the problem is it's the idea because now we have this idea 
um, we've become very removed from from community and our sense of like being a good yes. neighbor because now there's more government. So government will take care of it. Well, there's food stamps. Well, there's welfare. Well, there's this. Yes. Before you were invested in the single mom in your neighborhood and saying, hey, do you need help putting up a garden this year? Mm. I have some extra, I have some extra, yep. um, you know, beef. Can I share some with you? Are yeah. you good? Are there job skills that you're working on? Do you need help taking care of your kids? Like for, you know, for you to, to go to work? Yeah. We were once so much more invested. I mean, I just think back like in my family, like my mom um, and like family members, like how they stepped in to help people around them to make sure that they were, you know, that they got what they need so they can yeah. keep doing the good fight and, and do what they needed to do. We've just come very disassociated with that as a culture. And yes. a lot of what we're experiencing, I think it's a culture war. Right. And a lot of, you know, there's so much divisiveness at the end of the day. If somebody wants to identify themselves a certain way, honestly, I feel like it's no one's business. I think when people get concerned and where there's a lot of tension created is when we start to use government to, to want mandate. to impose, yes. to mandate stuff and to want to impose certain things. Yes. Otherwise we should be, you know, defending people's rights to live the lives that they choose to live as long as no one's getting hurt. And as long as it's, 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 it's of their, you know, free will and no one has to, yep. is being forced to pay for it. Then they yep. really, it's, it's the most peaceful option. Exactly. Uh, this is what I'm talking about. I let, so vision chimps, he's your man, you're active tonight. Um, Native American sure. reservations are a good example of socialism yes. and how it works. Absolutely. Everything is provided by the federal government, medical housing and everything. Absolutely. I, I always tell leftists mental health. Sorry. No, it just, it, it was two, two comments. I always tell leftists that I want that they want the, it. Sorry. Leftists that if they want the U S to have socialized medicine, they should first fix the VA system and make sure every single native yes. reservation is cared for. Then we can talk. I mean, that's, that's it. Like we have this socialism for some groups of socialism for some groups of people and it does not work. People are not better. They are not better cared for. They don't have what they need. American Indian reservations have some of the highest rates of suicide, mental drug health abuse. crisis, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, um, you know, and, and it's because they do not have the autonomy or, or you know, self-direction uh, to self-determination rather um, to make these choices. And they also don't have access to a free market. They are not allowed to make decisions about their land, about how they want school, about yes. what medical treatments they have. Um, and that's actually a really great example to understand. If you want to go to a third, you know, a third world nation, like just go to a, an American Indian reservation and you're going to see, um, You've got and the, even, the you know, wealthy folks who have access to the resources and maybe are running the casino or something. I was going to say, even that dichotomy is really interesting because of all the hoops that, um, that these organizations had to go through. And, you know, a lot of that has been co-opted as well, you know, from special interests that wanted in with the, um, not in all cases, but in some cases with the casinos, um, yeah. but even there, it's like they had to still ask, you know, the government. So even though they're supposed to be their own sovereign nations within, they're lorded they're over by, yeah. um, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, oh and, you know, the federal God. government. 
Oh my God. Okay. Benjamin just posted something. I just watched this. Well, what is it, Benjamin? You just post in links. You don't even tell us what it is. Uh, Brian said, most people are tired of politicians running on some principles for the people than getting in office and doing what special interests want. Yeah, because they need the special, special interests to keep giving them money to get reelected. They don't care. Oh, this is it's a vicious. Cycle. I think so many people go into office. I think that they go into the office with the right intentions. I think they go into office believing that they can do something good. And, and then they get eaten up by the system. And I can tell you, it has been incredibly challenging for me as well. There have been a number of times that I have really had in this, in this campaign, I have had to really take a hit or not get help, not get money, power and influence for standing on my principles. I literally have like no endorsements for any special interest groups or organizations because every single one of them that sent me a questionnaire that, and every single one of them, it was the same exact thing, whether it was the firefighters or the national realtors association, it was how will you infringe on your neighbor's constitutional rights and how much money will you take out of their pockets and put it in ours? Wow. And and the answer was always, no, I will not do that. And no, you can't have any more of anybody's stuff, you know? And so. And that's the toxicity of the duopoly. What we need are more parties. We need like more parties to break roots, this up. Yeah. Grassroots people taking response, like helping candidates. Don't, don't. I'm not getting donations from corporations or associations or anything like that because I won't give them your stuff. So I need you to give me your stuff so that I can go help fight the government from taking more of our stuff. Right. How's that for a I campaign I mean, and the pitch? goal, yeah, the goal is to make less government, more you, right? Less government, more community. We need to decentralize. What does that mean? It means we need to localize as much as possible all of the decision-making that, that happens um, on that level. And that that's going to mean that we have to get rid of bureaucracies. There are yeah. agencies, entire agencies on the federal level that don't need to exist if we have them on the state level. And probably on the state level, what we can do is make them smaller and localize them. There's probably yeah. things that we can do that we can take care of them on the county level. We have yes. to start engaging more um, and really investing in ourselves and in our communities and in the future, mm. because at the rate that we're going, one, we're already bankrupt. Yeah. So, you know, the inflation that people think, oh, I got, you know, 12 cents off of my gas. Everything's, you know, everything's hunky dory. Um, I mean, no one is saying that everyone knows that, it, right. it, you know, th this, this new bill of like, we're gonna, we're gonna repeat what we did for the last two and a half years and we're going to do it one more time as if and that's that, not going to only real make it worse. that time is going to help yeah this time it'll work this time this war will work this time this bill will help you and what i was going to say earlier is that you know tyrants always promise they always you know there, there's a mm. psychology in it's like a negotiation. It's like a romance. They know what to yeah. say to you. Free housing, free education, mm. canceling student debt. There is no such thing as canceling student debt. 
what that is only going to you think the 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 banks that holds you know the the the, the loan they're going to say you know what we're going to rip this up no they're not that's yeah. just going to be a transfer to to working class people who who also have you know their they, they, that they probably have a student loan or people that have never taken out you know are that don't have a student loan they've paid it off so for the student who took out $150,000 to get a bachelor's degree, maybe some, you know, this is always the example, something liberal artsy, that they're not able to pay it back because one, the market stinks, two, you know, they, they went into an area that maybe isn't applicable for the job market right. that's out there. So they can't afford it. And yes, things are very expensive. Um, yeah. That's going to get transferred to sub to, to everyone else who now has to pay this back it's going to get transferred where it comes to taxes it's going to get transferred the cost of things are going to be more expensive so it can seem overwhelming but the answer is always freedom the answer is yep. always let's decentralize things let's less government limit government we just have to start limiting look at what yep. they were able to do to us for two years and now the cdc has finally said that none of it made a difference and people just that sat back no and difference. took it people just and sat back and took it they were afraid they shut down churches they were arresting pastors which is right. which is oh my god lord help us so this is the thing i you know i just really hope that people are are waking up and and realizing that this is is not the way that what we need like you said more freedom so um so olga we have had a really great show awesome discussion great engagement in the chat you guys thank you olga before we wrap up tonight what are a few thoughts you want to leave the viewers with about libertarian uh the libertarian party uh make sure to share like how do people get involved uh what mm -hmm. do, what do you want people to walk away from this conversation knowing about libertarian values listen right now is the time to get involved um if you have been sitting on the sidelines looking back at what's been happening in the last couple of years you know, go to lp.org, look up the Libertarian Party, look up at our platform. The Libertarian right now, Libertarian Party right now is on fire. We are the fastest mm -hmm. growing party in the United States. A lot of people um, are now realizing that the duopoly doesn't, isn't solving anything. It doesn't have the answers. And that the people who are really coming up with solutions that are that have ideas that are, you know, local activists that are getting into local offices um, and that are really making a difference are libertarians. Um, you know, we have we have libertarians like Dave Smith, Spike Cohen. Um, oh gosh, I'm blanking out on the um, I'm blanking out on her name, but um, so many who who are able to articulate policies and solutions um, to 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 everything um so right now is just such a wonderful time to get involved and it, it may sound different but i promise you like when you start kind of looking what our platforms are and what our stances are they just really make a lot of sense um because we're not trying to dictate to you how to live your life the only thing that we're saying is bureaucrats politicians government officials and agencies need to get out of all of our lives so that we that's right 
are the only ones that are that that are going to make the best decisions for ourselves and we need the freedom to do that and we need the freedom to be creative if you want to have a small business there really shouldn't be any impediments to you doing that as long as your business isn't hurting anyone um you're not you know as long as you're not stealing from anyone and the other thing i want to say is that you know libertarians put an emphasis on property rights and for some people that's been a turnoff and that used to be a turnoff for me because as a good leftist i knew that property rights had to be abolished because that's the goal of communism is to get rid of property um but that's very scary because the first thing that you own is yourself, mm. self-ownership. So property rights begin with self-ownership. And if you own yourself, if you believe that you own yourself, that, that you own your body, that you have the right to your thoughts and your speech, um, then, then that's where property rights begin. And, and what you produce in is an extension mm. of that. And that's why property rights are really important. Um, so just kind of wanted to add that to that. Um, but now's just like a wonderful time to get active. Um, we have so many wonderful people right now who are running as libertarians in Vermont. We have Erica Reddick, Spencer Sherman, who's in Colchester. If you're in Colchester, look up Spencer Sherman. He's running for a representative. We have Dexter Lefevre, who's in Washington. Um, we have Nikki Lawati, who's in uh, Lamoille, Washington. Yes. Um, we have Mac Teal, who's in Lamoille, uh, gosh, I think Lamoille too, but he's uh, Johnson, Hyde Park. Um, and we also have uh, Richard Bailey. We have Rebecca Petrie, who's in Lamoille 3. Um, so the Libertarian Party of Vermont has people who are running as fusion candidates, people who are running as straight libertarians. And just what that means is that they are going to be advocates for your individual rights, for your property rights, for um for your right for your for your you know for your true social justice rights yeah. as an individual um and you know really limiting government um in the best ways you know I, I think for some people that sounds scary but if you just imagine yourself in your everyday life do you want to get a, a ticket or have an interaction with law enforcement for every little thing because that's what's happening and that's no. only going to get worse the bigger government gets yep and that's you know we don't want a police state that's right. And so on that note, we're going to close with the commercial for my book, Reasons oh, to Trust the Government. This is a okay. page turner. It's my favorite book. I read it every night. Um, <laughs> check out lpvt.org when you get a chance. Um, yes. I, I'm I'm the one that responds. So if you get in there cool. and you want to be on our mailing list, you want information, we have some events coming up. Um, Yeah, get connected with us if you're in Vermont. If you're not in Vermont, go to lp.org and that'll connect you with your state affiliate. Yes, we got the Vermont link in the description. We've got the FU Fest link and the LP link in in the chat. So everybody go check it out. Check it out. Thank you so much. This book will give you wings. What kind of wings? Not like Icarus wings, like eagle wings. What about dragons? You'll have dragon's blood! You'll be able to breathe fire! Fire like the Ultra Eagle Drago Guard! This book will make you smarter! Yes! I'm not just talking honor roll smart, I'm talking 
Nicholas Tesla Star! You'll be so good looking, Brad Pitt will be jealous! Do you want to make money? How much money? Elon Musk money. That's a lot of money! People will think you're Elon Musk, but you're not Elon Musk, but they'll think you're Elon, Elon Musk because you pay taxes like Elon Musk! And you have to argue with Elizabeth Warren because she thinks you're Elon Musk! Do you want freedom? How much freedom? All the freedom! Yeah. One to America, how much freedom do you want? Oh, America! D D Double America!